Hello, Barry Winbolt here with another episode to help you get a better handle on life. Well, I don't know actually how much this episode will help you, but I hope you find it interesting and it maybe triggers some thinking in you, particularly if, like me, you may be perfectly optimistic, but you get a little bit teed off about all the forced hilarity and joyousness that seems to be expressed in some industries these days. You see, I can't deal with being relentlessly upbeat. Look around you, Instagram, YouTube, the rest of social media, everybody's having a good time. And all of those influencers are so smiley with lovely teeth, which I certainly don't have. They're slick, they're smooth, they're inspirational, and damn it, they're so upbeat. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm an optimist, died in the wool, or DNA, whatever you like to think, fully paid up, long-term subscriber, there's no changing that. I've been an optimist since birth. But, and there's a big but. But before I get into that, I'd just like to remind you what I and my podcast are all about. Uh, regular regular followers might know this, but if you're new to the podcast, and anyway, it does me good to remind myself from time to time. I've been a therapist and presenter of live events since the early 90s. That's the 1990s. Before that, I was a serial entrepreneur and business consultant. I was very lucky and I enjoyed my work a lot. But because of a particular series of life events building on a particular interest of mine, which had been psychology and human communication, I ended up training as a therapist and subsequently a psychologist. I've presented to hundreds of thousands of people, quite literally, through my seminars and workshops, mainly in the UK, but also in the USA and Europe. 30 years worth of feedback has shown me that people value what I do. As a writer and presenter, I've amassed quite an archive, so much so that trawling through it during lockdown, I was able to publish three books and with three more still to go, all from the work I'd done previously, just with a little bit of updating. When I reached what is annoyingly known as retirement age, that was some years ago now, I decided to put my stuff online. I was a bit fed up with all the traveling, although initially I liked it. But when airports begin to look to you like your local railway station, you know you've had enough of them. So I decided to put my stuff online. Since then, my online courses have attracted well over 60,000 students via the Udemy platform alone. And they also go out on other people's platforms. I earn from my courses, of course, and also from my therapy and coaching. But I also give a lot away. I do a lot of voluntary work. It's my way of sharing what I've learned and, I hope, doing some good. And that's what's driving this podcast as well. I aim to reach as many people as possible with stuff that'll help them live better lives. What I mean by that rather overused statement, live better lives, is to provide solutions to the inevitable challenge we all face in life. So much of the stuff we stumble across, we're unprepared for. But partly because of my age, partly because of my vocation and my professional training and experience, I've got a lot of answers to those things. So I hope you can support me by following this podcast and telling others about it. That's enough about me and on with the subject. Thank you. So, as I was saying, I can't deal with being relentlessly upbeat. 
And by that I mean I can't deal with it in myself. I've tried it and it doesn't work. I've used my voice a lot during my work, obviously, but when it came to putting everything on video uh, for my training courses and so forth, and even doing live webinars, which I started about 10 years ago now, um, I noticed that um, it's completely different from live presentation. And it took a real leap for me to try and train myself and train my voice out of its naturally downbeat and monotone tendency. I've got a quite a deep voice and it can sound pretty boring and my emotions come out through my voice very, very easily if I'm not feeling particularly perky or bright that day. And also I've noticed my voice packs up around lunchtime every day and gets a bit more croaky than it is already. You know, I'd be watching these people on YouTube, I'd be doing courses, finding out how to put videos together, how to present myself virtually instead of live, because put me in front of a live audience and it's my natural home. I'm very, very happy on a stage. I love presenting with an audience, because as any performer will tell you, I'm sure, you feed off the people in the room. They give you energy. They give you vitality and ideas and they interact with you, even if it's only visually with facial expressions and so forth. So you can very quickly tell if you're turning your audience off, for example, or if they're bored with what you're saying and you can change your act accordingly. Anyway, that's what I found. But the virtual world, that's a whole other thing. So I was watching all of these young people, mostly young, presenting themselves, and some of them are so good and so polished and so slick, and there's no way I can compete with that or I can be like that. It would be entirely phony and unnatural. Now, quite a lot of the people I've watched look phony and unnatural anyway, but they kind of carry it off. It doesn't work with me. My face is naturally hangdog. In my mind, I believe I'm rubbish and I'm not sounding very good. I'm, I'm by the way, I, I'm, I've grown up all my life since my school days believing that my friends don't like me and that people only tolerate me. Now, I'm a therapist. I can sort that out. That's my own stuff. To a large extent, I've got around it now. But it gives you an idea of some of the flaws in my character that were holding me back from being an energetic, vital and engaging presenter on video. So... What am I saying? Well, what I'm saying is that I'm not exactly saying let's have a shout out for negativity, but I'm going to talk about that in a moment because I think negativity gets a bad rap. But what's prompted this is some thinking that's been going through my head for some time now about how you make the transition, as I have done, from old style analog presenter to new style digital virtual presenter where everything's online and the persona that goes with it and how you present yourself. And as an aside, by the way, if you're out there struggling with the same thing, maybe you're attempting to make online courses or present lessons or communicate with a, an audience in some way, and you're unsure about it, maybe you're nervous about it, maybe you're not getting on too well about it, or you have some technical questions, I'm always really happy to answer those questions because I think when you've made a journey such as I have, and I must have looked at 50 different bits of software in the last 10 years and loads of other stuff, and I've had many full starts and tried things that didn't work out too well for me and others that are working better. And I think also I've gone through a growth process myself. So I'm really happy to share that with anybody. If you've got any questions, 
get in touch. We can arrange a chat. And, um, you know, I always learn from that as well. So I'm really happy to do that. But coming back to my theme of being relentlessly upbeat or not being relentlessly upbeat in my case. It's all about authenticity in my book. How do you convey your authentic self, the authentic persona that you want people to get in your broadcast, in this case, in your, in your speech or in your video, whatever it happens to be? How do you do that? That was the challenge that faced me. And I had another obstacle too. I'm English, as you can hear, and the problem with that is we're brought up to be fairly modest. It doesn't actually come naturally to us to, to bang the drum and to shout about ourselves. That's seen as bragging, that's seen as immodesty, and it's not a very endearing quality. When I hear people saying things are awesome when they meet me, it's awesome to meet me, or uh, they're absolutely passionate about their mission, I'm afraid I'm not persuaded. Partly because I think we should reserve those words for things we really are passionate about, perhaps our families or our children or the person we love or some enduring hobby that saved our sanity through the years, whatever it happens to be. And very little, in my view, is awesome unless it genuinely does strike awe in you. So, as I said, slightly tongue-in-cheek, but there's also a serious edge to it about how do you present yourself authentically in a world that is increasingly inauthentic, that is, the virtual world. And But when you do get people who are genuinely excited and thoroughly believe in what they're saying... When those people fire up, you know they believe their message. Whether or not you agree with it is another matter. So I suppose what I've come to through this so far, and I'm about 10 minutes into this recording today, is it's about authenticity. And what's been troubling me is that for years, I felt I had to be more smiley and upbeat, and dare I say it, enthusiastic and passionate about what I was delivering, then actually comes naturally to me. Now, I said more in a minute on the question of what comes naturally to a person. Of course, you can train yourself. You can get presentation skills training. And if you, if you watch a lot of newbie TV presenters, you'll see them using their hands in a totally artificial manner because that's what their coach has shown them to do. They're not really playing themselves. They're playing a character. This is a journalist out on the street or wherever they happen to be, waving their hands about within in camera so they can be seen, so that it makes it look a bit more animated. Now, nothing wrong with moving your hands about. That's absolutely great, and I do it all the time. But it has to come naturally, doesn't it? Otherwise, it looks fake. Training is fine, but you have to make what you've learned your own. You have to appear authentic. So you have to practice until it becomes part of you. Now, coming back to optimism. As I said, I'm a natural optimist and I'm so grateful that I am. It's been um, so useful through my life, but also it helps to keep me mentally and emotionally functioning, if not upbeat, exactly. I have known depression in my life on two occasions, once during my teenage years, which 
isn't unusual for people of that age, uh, but more seriously later in life after a particular crisis of my own making. I'd had a road accident, which I think I could have avoided. Nobody else was involved. I just fell off my motorbike, but I had a, a passenger on the back and they were involved and I could have killed both of us. So I suffered with this terribly because I knew I could have avoided that accident because my intuition was telling me that morning before I went out on the road, we were due to do about a 300 kilometer journey. My instinct was saying, don't do this. You don't want to do this. In fact, I had a voice in my head saying, I don't want to do this today. Two and a half hours later, I'm in intensive care and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Now, I came through it okay. I was seriously injured, but uh, that was when my optimism really carried me through. I was out of hospital in very quick time. So that was a, a turning point in my life, a point at which I was very grateful to be an optimist, but also it started me on the road to understanding myself better, understanding psychology better, and working in the field. And very happily too, by the way, because I really love this work. So I'm an optimist. And by the way, as a psychologist and a therapist, I'm often peddling the idea of optimism. You'll see it on my blog, you'll hear it. I've got a podcast episode on optimism. And I'm a firm believer, particularly since Martin Seligman started the field of uh, therapy called positive psychology, or the field of study called positive psychology. And he's seriously researched optimism and many other things and shown the benefits. So we know that optimism helps people. It helps you succeed in life. It affects your health. It affects your mental well-being. There's no doubt that optimism is great, but it has become the default position in many organizations. I'd be in meetings years ago when I worked in large corporations and, you know, everybody had to be so upbeat and optimistic about everything. And actually, sometimes the naysayer, the person with the negative viewpoint, firstly, may get shouted down or ignored. But secondly, they're not always respected. They're seen as a bit of a wet blanket. But my studies have shown me that actually we need negativity. We need a degree of negativity in our lives, a degree of caution. And I can tell you from bitter personal experience that optimism can let you down. Uh, for example, going on holiday in the month of August in France with your family, two small children and wife, and you don't book a hotel because you know there are plenty of hotels in France, overlooking the fact that everybody in France leaves the cities they live in and go and stay in the hotels to the, the place we were going to. So there was no hotel for us. And that was an example of a little bit of caution, a little bit of negativity might have helped me. I came across a book some years ago called The Power of Negative Thinking, Using Defensive Pessimism to Harness Anxiety and Perform at Your Peak by somebody called Julie Norum. Uh, she's an American psychologist. She said in the book that she got any amount of stick, serious, serious problems from colleagues who did not like her theme when she went to conferences and spoke about negativity. There's such a mantra of positivity and optimism that is sung around the halls of academia, but also in business, that if you express an alternative point of view, you kind of get shot down pretty quickly and people in some cases lose respect for you. And that's a mistake in my view. 
if you are a naturally negativistic thinker, if I can think, say that, if your mind naturally turns to the negative, that's fine if it's not a problem for you. However, I've written a book on optimism and in it, my thesis is that you can learn the skills of optimism even if you are naturally a pessimist. I mean, of course, best case scenario is to change what's called your explanatory style or your attributional style. Same thing. Look it up on YouTube. There are some great videos. You can actually change how you think. So if you're assailed by negative thoughts and negative thinking and you feel it's holding you back, you're not stuck with it. You can change it. But what I'm doing here is not trying to drive a wedge between negativity and positivity or pessimism and optimism. It's never that simple anyway. What I am saying, though, is that even though I'm a naturally optimistic thinker and speaker and I live my life in a fairly optimistic way, it doesn't always come through in my videos. And I've now given up trying to force myself and as you can probably hear right now, I'm trying to be authentic by sharing a little more about me rather than some phony boosted virtual persona that isn't me at all. In a world where so much is becoming superficial and falsely optimistic and upbeat, Maybe we need a shout out for authenticity. Maybe we need more space for people to express themselves genuinely and authentically without fear of being shouted down for being either too pessimistic, too optimistic or somewhere in between. That's it for me from today. Live your life authentically. Be optimistic if you can, but only if you believe it and enjoy the rest of your life. So thanks for listening. One last word, you can follow me on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, or on my website at www.barrywinbolt.com. I urge you to follow me in some way and to show me support. Because one thing I haven't mentioned in this episode is that it gets very lonely. I've got a lovely little studio office here and I enjoy doing this. But unless I get feedback, I'm just talking into cyberspace and I never really know if it's appreciated. That's another big difference between live presentation and virtual presentation. If you're rubbish in a live presentation, you quickly know it and you can improve yourself. This could be rubbish. Maybe it's a complete waste of time or perhaps you found it distracting, entertaining or even informative. Either way, I'd be really grateful if you'd let me know. That's it from me, Barry Wimbolt, for today. Over and out and have a good week. Goodbye.